All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim. And you know, Tim, we do these shows, we do these interviews, and I'm always usually excited for our guests. And then we get this guest, and I, I was a little, you know, I'll be honest. I really don't like this guy. I really didn't like him. I should use the past tense. I didn't like him at all. Um, and this is really the first time we've talked, and this is the first time he's hearing me say this. He was a piece of, he was so hard to play against him. And um, I always wanted to kill him, um, (laughs) fight him. We never did fight, unfortunately. But then after stepping back from the league and, you know, retiring now for five years, he watched the game and I I, I grew to like him. I I like the way he plays the game. He's a very old school type player. So Radko Gudis, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, you did it perfectly. Thanks for the introduction. That means means a lot well i and it's the truth i hate i hated you to death on the ice and you were you were new coming into the league when i was kind of on the tail end of my career started with tampa bay and then obviously jumped up to philadelphia i i hated your guts i hated it why 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 did i hate you so much did you come into the league and we'll go back and you know check on your history you want a calder cup in norfolk you you know you have an illustrious career before you made it to the nhl when you came into the show, did you just want to be a pain in everyone's ass? Like, was it your goal to just get under every tough guy's skin and then just, just be a thorn in our side always? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to say uh, something else, but yeah, that was uh, I would love, like that was my goal to be noticed and uh, the guys to be more focused on myself than on the ultimate goal of scoring goals and. Um, you know what they're there supposed to be for. So, um, hearing I'm, I was doing a pretty good job. So I'm, I'm trying to continue that as, as we, as my career continues. So, um, I'm obviously I'm not, uh, not looking for uh, fights every game, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the style of the game and I grew up watching my dad. So it kind of is in my blood and I'm, uh, I'm enjoying every time I get to uh, piss somebody off. Who was your dad? What did you, did your dad play professional? Yeah, he did. Uh, his name is Leo. He uh, 
he was drafted by Calgary actually when they won cup in 1990 and then uh, he never he never made the move over to the um to North America he just played all over Europe um, he has bronze in Olympics a couple of bronze in world championships so he was uh, yeah he, he he played quite a lot so I traveled with him when I was a young young guy so um, grew up watching him pretty much so he was your guy who you looked to growing up saying I want to be like him there wasn't any NHL player or other Czechoslovakian defenseman who you looked to it was just your dad yeah it was uh, it was really hard for me to uh, get to um, NHL um, games to watch. But, you know, since internet showed up and YouTube came up, kind of, um, you know, Scott Stevens and Bjorn Fanaf, all those uh, guys that played the physical heavy game, I always uh, YouTubed, you know. So that was probably my first uh, first few guys that I um, look after or try to build my game like them. So you you got the first taste of North American hockey in juniors, then you get drafted by Tampa Bay, third round, pretty good. Then you go to Norfolk. Now, going to Norfolk, did you know that your team was stacked going in there? You had Palat, Panic, Kalorn, Corey Conacher, Tyler Johnson. Like, that's a pretty good team. Were you aware that, hey, we're going to win the Calder Cup and then we're going to jump to Tampa Bay and we have a chance to, like, make a good run here? I mean, our our first year was, uh, we didn't have all these young guys, actually. I was there a year earlier before Palat and Panic made made this jump and Johnson and Taylor and these guys. But that next year, when we when we start playing, all of a sudden we're, uh, uh, we're winning. And the, the season, we ended with 28 games on a winning streak. And all of a sudden, uh, we lost in the playoff three games, I think. And uh, we swept the last two rounds of the playoffs. And... Yeah, we were kind of all feeling like, okay, this is it. Like, we're doing good enough. We have a chance to um, make the next step and do some more and be um, more on the ice, maybe making, cracking the uh, NHL lineup. And then the uh, then lockout started, so we kind of got pushed back into uh, back into the minors. And, um, you know, we, we, moved to, we moved to Syracuse, so we kind of kept the team that won the Cup the year before, and we just kept building and building and... I thought even being around those guys made the other guys better because they were all those guys were ready to make the step to the NHL and kind of I think helped us staying sharp throughout the lockout year and being ready whenever it starts and uh, most of the guys made the made the jump that year too. And then John Cooper was your coach when you guys won in 2012. What was he like as a coach back then? Because obviously he's, he's had a ton of success the last couple of years in Tampa. And maybe like, why do you think that's translated so well to his NHL coaching career? Uh, I think he understands the players a lot. You know, he uh, talks with them. Um, I don't want to say he's not hard because he is hard, but he's uh, he's fair to everybody. He's not afraid to talk to uh, any, any player the same. Um I, I always liked him. We we had long bus rides back home, so um, playing in Norfolk, it was always twelve hour bus ride back. So you um, drive back, you um, would talk with uh, with everybody pretty much on the bus because it's it, it was a winning culture type of thing, and we were trying to or he was trying to set up the winning culture there, and um, everybody was following and. I just I just like playing for him, and he was uh, he was always fair to me. So that was really something that I um, enjoy from a coach being uh, being handled or being talked to in fairness, and what he says means 
what he does, you know? Yeah. He doesn't lie to you. That, that's yeah. rare. I've, I've had yeah. coaches lie right to my face saying, I'm going to do this. And then they get benched or traded or whatever. But so you're with John Cooper, you're with Tampa Bay, things are going well, you know, you're fitting in nicely. You're in and out of the lineup a little bit. And then you get traded to Philly for Braden Colburn. Was that yeah. a surprise? How did, how did you kind of process that? Yeah, it was, um, it wasn't an easy day or easy night. I, I was out of, for, I was out of for season two. I had my uh, knee surgery done. I had a uh, scope repair, so I wasn't, I wasn't going to uh, play for the rest of the season. And then I didn't think I was going to get traded. I just had a, or I just uh, um, was expecting a baby in two weeks and, uh, Everything kind of happened so quick, and all of a sudden, I'm going to Philly to get my knee checked again after surgery. Uh, first baby born, packing everything, moving. Uh, so it was uh, it was an interesting time for myself, and uh, it was first first year for my wife being in the being in the states with me, and everything that could have happened happened. So she uh, now kind of everything's just easier, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what's that like? Because you're with this team in the minors, go to Tampa Bay. I kind of experienced it when I was with Chicago, where you could tell, you know, it's a good team. These guys are going to win a lot of Stanley Cups. And I got dealt. And of course they go on and win a bunch of Stanley Cups. Could you tell leaving? It's like, dang, these guys, they're going to win some cups. Like there, there's a lot of talent here going because they're bringing in Braden Colburn for that cup push, right? Like there, there's a mm-hmm. reason yeah. they're making that trade which speaks highly for you because obviously Philly wanted you because they knew what you were going to, you were, and we're going to grow into, but is it tough to leave those guys knowing what oh, yeah. is in store for especially, them? Yeah. Especially after being drafted and playing yeah. for them for the minors. And then a bunch of us have made the step at the same time. We're, we had like seven or six rookies that year plus the coach. So it was, uh, it felt like a, felt like a movement, you know, it felt like a, um, families moving from place to place, you know, guys that you play with are all of a sudden on the same level, next, same next level, and you want to be part of. And the team was doing really well. And then, exactly, I got traded because I I felt like I wasn't going to play. That's why uh, I got dealt at the end. They needed a body that will play, and uh, I think they made the right choice at the end for them. He was a experienced guy, but um, didn't work out that year. And I, I stayed in the states until. Uh, my kid could travel. So I was in Tampa all the way pretty much until the cup final. So it was no. a really hard, a really hard no. summer for me to uh, be around the city that I'm not playing for anymore, but everybody is. And uh, they're making it to another player, another round, another round and all of a sudden finals. And All right, I'll go watch at least one game. And then I came in, <laughs> saw one game. Um, they scored, uh, Alex Killorn scored the very first goal. The whole crowd went, absolutely bananas and I, I couldn't be there anymore so I just I had to go it was too much for me <laughs> you went to the game and watched it yeah yeah are I you did, a yeah. glutton for punishment that is oh I just you know what I I get I don't want to say I didn't uh, know what else to do but uh you know I, I I felt like I grew up with the guys that are playing as players so I felt like you know what if I can go and watch them play I I think I I want to, and I want to, I want them to success still. And I did want them to success. And, um, it just, it just felt right to go. But at the end, I, I couldn't. <laughs> oh, you're a better man than I was. I, there's no way I would have been on the TV, like throwing bad mojo their way. There's no way I would want them to have any success. You're, <laughs> that's crazy, man. So you go to Philly, 
obviously a completely different style of play. Tampa skilled forwards fast, you know, up and down the ice. They played up tempo style and you go to Philly a little more physical. Your forwards are bigger, stronger. You know, you got the JVRs, you got the Voracek's. What was that like going to Philly? Did you guys was was a completely different style or just tell me about that transition hockey wise? Because it, it, to me, it's it's black and white the, the way the two teams play. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, we had a new coach too since my uh, my first first year. We signed uh, Dave Hextel, so it was uh, um, going from uh, Coop to uh, Dave. It was uh, it was a big change. It was a different style of hockey, different style of uh, breaking out and everything. The zone. So I had to learn all over again what I kind of knew from system wise already. So yeah. Definitely a big, big change. Um, the city too. The city doesn't uh, doesn't forgive, you know. So yeah. um, anything anything bad happens, you know, you have it on your plate from the from everywhere. So it's uh, it's good and bad in that uh, situation too. You kind of want the fans to be in it, but uh, you, you know they sometimes they don't understand how hard it gets at certain times, and they just want more and more, and it. Uh, uh, sometimes it is hard, even harder on the guys to uh, handle themselves well, you know, in that uh, in that town especially. But uh, you know, being with the players like Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux and Couturier, they all made the transition for me um, pretty easy, and I, I felt like I found my new home within a couple of months. I played there, and uh, you know, I have great, great, great memories for for the whole city and the organization. So I had I had some best time of my life uh, playing for, for the Flyers. Well, let's talk about, it's interesting what you said. It was hard playing in Philly because, it, you know, it, it's a, I've had full beer cans thrown at me from Philadelphia. I've had full cups of chew dumped on me in the penalty box. They're a tough crowd. You go to Florida, and I'm going to fast forward now. We didn't plan on this, but you, you mentioned it's tough to play for those fans. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Florida, and now you're getting a guy in Matthew Kachuk who had a massive contract dumped on his lap in Calgary. And he goes, you know, I know I, I don't want to play in Canada <laughs> for the guys in the NHL now. And we talk about it on the show a lot. I talked about it when I played, why do guys take less money to play in the States than to play in Canada? Because we saw with Johnny hockey, especially the perfect example this year in Calgary, two guys, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they want, they're, they're throwing money at them. Both of them said, We're, we'll take less. I want to go to Columbus, which is, a garbage team. Like there's no reason he goes to Columbus. Like they're glorified AHL team. They trade away Bjorkstrand. They it's a bad team this year. And then Matthew comes down to Florida. What's going on? Why does nobody want to play in Canada? And I I know, you know, it's a tough answer for you, but there is something to be said about that. I don't, uh, like you said, it's a tough answer. I never, I never played for team, even in junior, I never had the chance to play for, uh, Canadian team, but uh, I can only imagine it's so much harder with the media, with everybody knowing so much about the game, uh, everybody analyzing everything two, three times. Um, it, it can get it can get hard for the for the guys that are watching some of the media, especially now when you're on your phone three, four hours a day and uh, on Instagram, Twitters, and Facebook, and all these uh, platforms that are um, available and that are throwing. Uh, stats and information that you and everybody has a stat about something else. And I just feel like guys can get caught up in this big circle and big cycle of uh, information that you you do not necessarily need. And 
uh, or you don't even want. And you just, uh, I can see how, how it can be too much for, for somebody to handle. But, um, you know, when uh, I would get thrown a big contract like this and myself in Canada, I would not, uh, I would not hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so what I said. Yeah. I, I gosh, I, I know you can't answer truthfully or whatever, but it just, everybody we talk to, it's like Canada's it's just, it's a tough pace to play. Well, anyways, we'll move past that. So you're in Philly. I don't want to stay too long there because it just didn't work out. You know, it wasn't for lack of trying the GM try. We've gone over Philadelphia. We've had Risto on the show. We've had a lot of guys from Philadelphia. JVR was on our show. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to work. I don't know why they've tried for years and years. It didn't work. You leave Philly, you go to Washington chance to win the cup. Alex Ovechkin. What's it like the kid Czechoslovakia, you go to play with Alex Ovechkin. What's that like? Cause he, he's got to be up there on your mantle. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. a guy who's like Ovi. What was that yeah. like stepping in the locker room with him? Well, it was, uh, it was amazing. I, uh, I still, I still have a little goosebumps just thinking about playing with the great eight, you know, and, uh, you know, my seat was right next to his. So it was even, it was even what? better. So. It was great. Uh, I had a great year there with with them. Those, you know that team is those guys are unbelievable guys. Um, starting with Obi, with the way he performs every night, with the way he you know is you um, you don't think you wouldn't think he's a like a first guy in and first guy or last guy out, but he puts in the hours and you're it's it's unbelievable to see him after two and a half minutes on the ice still have the juice to. Uh, sprint and uh, beat the guy and being a scoring chance and you know with him in the team you're you're always in the game because he can score out of two shots two goals and you're back out of nowhere in the in the game and um, it was it was great to be part of uh, part of his part of his team you know every every time in uh, in power play uh, practice you're like we're skating up to him if he feels like shooting or not shooting if we're supposed to be in the lane or if we can move a little bit to the side so the goalie has to uh, stay in the heat, you know? So uh, it was, it was unbelievable. I still, I'm still enjoying and I'm still having good, uh, good memories from that year, but unlucky enough, that was the COVID year and everything kind of got thrown for a couple months off in the bubble. And it was, it was a tough year for, for hockey um, overall, but uh, you know, playing with Ovi was uh one of the highlights of my of my career. I play with Yags and Ovi, and uh, you know those are those are names I, I I'm proud of to be teammate with. So let's talk those two guys. Okay, who's got the better shot? Better shot, Ovi yeah. for sure. Where does where does Jag Yags have Ovi? Like stick work, he's better. Like who's? Yeah, I would say puck control. Yeah, for sure, making making plays. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think of even putting the puck through somebody like Yags does, and you know, I still uh, I still train uh, with this team in uh, or in Czech in Kladno. We still go on the ice, and sometimes Yags shows up as well, and he still has those hands, and it's unbelievable what he does with with the puck and the shot he still has. Unbelievable. But this age, he just keeps himself uh, in a shape where he I, I feel like he could he could play in the league right now. So. Um, he he is a specimen, and it's it's incredible. Those guys are just naturally strong, big um, humans. It's 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 fun to see them on the skates too. You know, it's it's an art. 
Oh, yeah. In their prime. Okay. Tough question. In their prime, who are you taking? Ovi or Yeggs? Uh, well, I'm thinking Yags. He would pass me the puck a little more, you know? Please <laughs> <laughs> uh, check, too. You know, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to say no to Yags. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. We, we teased out the interview, and we got a lot of questions from Caps fans asking about your time there. And one of the ones that came up was, like, a good OV story. If someone wants to ask you, like, what's it like to play with him? What's it like being a stallmate, a buddy with his? Like, what's the story you tell him? Ooh, um, <laughs> there's a few stories. I don't know if I can air them out, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something on the ice. Was he was he like an extra coach on the bench too? Was he was he saying stuff to the yeah, D at all? You know what? I uh, we did have these D drills. Um, so we're at the end of the practice. He would uh, you know the D would take the D coach would take the D. We would do some drills. The um, offensive coach or the forward coach will take the forwards, do some drills for the goalies and this and this. And we're doing we're shooting this one timers and uh, you know Ovi comes in and he stops the whole D drill and tells Carly to pass him ten bucks. So he goes, stands up in the topper circle. Johnny passes him 10 bucks. And he's like, all right, go on. Skates off. <laughs> We're all standing there holding the sticks. All right. All right. He interrupted the drill because he wanted to take some shots. Yeah, he literally stopped the whole uh, beat drill and took some shots and skated off. All right, that's good for me today. And <laughs> skated off. So I was... Uh, Do whatever you want, Tim. You're Alex Ovechkin, for Pete's sake. Yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was great. It, I, it couldn't be even like... It wasn't like... Uh, we're mad at him. It was like, wow, yes. <laughs> I wanted to see this, actually. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Radko, okay, we've gone through all that fun stuff. Now let's talk about the bad stuff. You're the first guy we've interviewed who, when you Google your name, you know, it usually goes salary, stats. Yours is criticism, mm-hmm. controversy. You're 32 years old. You've been in the league for, what, seven years, eight years now? This is my uh, 11, I believe. 11? 11. So you've been around. You know, you, you, you're no stranger to controversy. You've had plenty of suspensions. Mm-hmm. Why, what's it like playing on the edge? We, we, we've talked to guys who play on the edge all the time. We've talked to guys who toe the line. What is it like in today's NHL where, like, Bettman hates the way you play? He, he doesn't want that type of hockey. He wants fast pace. He wants goal scoring. He wants, you know, a very entertaining type of hockey in his mind. Mm-hmm. Is it hard going into every season knowing I'm probably going to get suspended once or twice this year and I'm not doing anything really illegal where everyone's just watching you? Yeah, I, uh, I kind of had to find a way to live with that. But, um, yeah, it's not easy. It's, it's the way I made it this far. So there's uh, – it would be really hard for me to switch my game now and try to stay in the league. So I feel like I'm um, I'm useful with the way I am playing and by adapting by every year, um, you know, guys are getting so much smaller, faster. Um, you know, when I got drafted, I was probably the smallest defenseman on that draft. And now you guys are five, seven, five, eight, no problem getting drafted, you know? So it, it, it is, uh, it is a little different than, when I first started, everybody was so much bigger than me, so much stronger. When I went my first year, I was probably 215, you know, 216. But slowly, as the as the uh, year goes on, I have to be quicker and uh, more agile because of these guys are smaller and quicker. And uh, 
it is it is hard to play on the edge. I'm not gonna lie. It's um, pretty much thinking uh, the way you were thinking ten years ago. It's completely different than now. You have to watch out not to. Uh, if I'm hitting somebody in the middle, open ice hit. I gotta watch out to make sure he will be okay. You know. Yeah. So um, instead of you know in the minors, you're making sure the guy pretty much gets the hardest hit you can possibly deliver. But this is, this is so much, this is so much different than, um, you know, adapting, uh, helped me staying out of the, um, uh, department of player safety box for a few, a uh, few, few years now. So hopefully, hopefully that will continue, but, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not stopping being physical player. Or I'm not, um, I don't want to say not too worried. I am worried, but, I'm, I'm playing with caution a lot more than I did before and um, learned my lessons being reckless, I would say. And, uh, you know, um, like I said, Philly, Philly, I don't want to blame it on Philly, but Philly kind of is the hard-nosed game. So it kind of felt, I don't want to say right, but it felt uh, that's the way the hockey is supposed to be played there. Um, I'm not proud of any of the suspensions, but, uh, you know, it happens and I tried to learn from it. And I'm, I think I'm doing a good job, but... Uh, yeah, the, the googling my name is not the not the easiest way when my kids are gonna uh, start googling it. You know, <laughs> I, we're in the same boat. Google my name. It, it's yeah. it's terrible things that come up, and and a lot of it is just fans and the media just ripping you up and down. Tim, our our podcast host, my co-host, he wrote a length lengthy blog about how much he hates me when he was living in Boston. Like he, because I laid a clean hit on Louis Erickson, but. Louis, you know, fell down and bonked his head on the ice. And I got, I think, a seven-game suspension. So it's just one of those things that happens. But going back to changing your game, a lot of guys can't do that. A lot of guys, you know, you learn how you play the game and you don't have the ability to transition. You know, I, I was a physical fighter. It, it was hard for me to be, well, we, you have to learn how to back check, play defense, play offense, like contribute in other ways. Mm-hmm. Did you lose weight? You said you can't, you know, you used to be at 216, 220. Did you have yeah. to shed some pounds to be able to keep up with these smaller guys? Or did you just maybe play less aggressive on the ice? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to say I played less aggressive. I still feel like I play pretty aggressive. It's just different parts of the ice are more uh, being used. I would say more of a D zone than, than anything or more of the boards than center ice. But yeah, I'm, I'm down like... 14, 16 pounds since I ever, uh, since I started playing. So it's, no uh, but it, it continues. It's not like I was 220 and then I'm down to 205, you know, it yeah. continues to slowly uh, getting rid of the extra, extra pounds to just, just to stay within the level of energy and within the level of speed of, of the game around. And yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's mostly the fans that uh, love and hate, you know, then you're playing for their team and you're the best thing that ever happened. And all of a sudden you get traded to the other team and you're the worst thing that ever happened to them. So yeah. it's, uh, every, every coin has two sides, you know, on, on these articles. So you're playing in Florida now, you guys Stanley cup aspirations, you know, you, you have the team president's trophy last year. We know that you play against some pretty solid competition every single night. Obviously Tampa, you're very familiar with those guys. You got Toronto, you got New York, you got Pittsburgh, you got Washington, you play with them. Who's the toughest guy to play against? Who's the toughest line that you just, you're going into that city like, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be tough. Um, toughest line. 
Uh, I gotta say, I played with Gustav Forsling, and he's an unbelievable skater, and he outskated pretty much everybody. So it was uh, uh, it was fun to be his partner last year, and uh, I can say we really had a we had a line that we were um, like afraid of, or, or I, we were in one type of day. But uh, I didn't uh, I didn't enjoy playing against uh, like Johansson and Duchesne. You know, those are wow. those are guys that are uh, I don't want to say sneaky good; they're good. But it was, uh, yeah, they always find something, you know. No kidding. <laughs> like so, it's uh, it's probably probably them that really stand stand uh, uh, in my mind right now. It was maybe also because we had the uh, short season that was, uh, and we were part with Nashville, so we had get to see them a lot um, in that uh, in that year. But uh, yeah, man, there's always uh, there's always a line on a team that uh, is scary to have in the D zone, you know, you know. In Washington, you know they're winning it right on Ovi, and if you're the net front D, you know you're getting you. You're hoping it's gonna miss you and it's gonna miss the net. Otherwise, it's either a nice bruise or it's in the net. So, um, I would say Washington is another one with Kuzi on the center and uh, Willie and Ovi on the wingers. Those are that's a scary line to play against, especially when we had them in the playoffs last year too. It was like, all right, boys, you gotta brace for the impact here a little bit and try to weather the first few storms. But I guess uh, last year we did, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't end up too too soon for us. I would say. Is he your favorite partner you ever played with in your career so far, Forsling? Does he kind of match your your style? Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm really I was really happy with the way we played and with the way we performed. So he was one of the favorites for sure. I uh, I played with some great defensemen. My first year, I played with Matty Carl with uh, oh, yeah. for, for Tampa. He was he was a guy that. I uh, I couldn't say good enough things for us. He helped me so much with my career. So that was that was one of the first guys that I really cherished. I played with uh, Michael Del Zotto in, in Philly that I... Ah, uh, DZ, yeah. Yeah, he helped me too. Um, Robert Hag, when I played with him, he, we were, we were same, same type of style defenseman. So that was fun to feel like the bash bros in the back. And uh, yeah, with Gustav, it was, it was, it is still awesome. And he's a, he's going to be even better player than he, than he showed last year, I think. So let's talk about Florida. President's Trophy, you mentioned you, you, you got by Washington in seven games, and then you just ran into Tampa. Got swept. Not the outcome anybody wanted. Massive changes this offseason. Changes the coach. You know, your, your MVP candidate, Huberto, goes out. Kachuk comes in. What happened last year in the playoffs? Do you, have you wrapped your head around it yet? Can you just – is there a reason? I, I I just think we couldn't uh, we couldn't get through their defense. It felt like they know exactly what uh, they know exactly what to do. There are five guys standing in front of Assi. We're trying hammering pucks from all over the place. Everything would bump right in front of them. They would chip it out and wait for their breaks. They would get one break a game, two break a game, and they would score on them, or they would get more. But they were so efficient in their uh, in their oddman oddman chances. If, if it was two on two, they were dumping the puck out, felt like. If it was three on two, they would play with it and they would just wait and wait and stand in front of Vasi again. And we would be in their zone for three and a half minutes, rotating the puck, shooting from everywhere. Everything would yeah. bump right in front of them. They would chip it out and they would come out of this shift and score a goal. So it was, it was really uh, frustrating that part. Also, the, the second game, you know, you get scored on three seconds before, before the end of the game, kind of. 
uh, everybody sees it himself already in the overtime. All right, this is all right. Let's go to overtime. Let's fight for game two. And all of a sudden, you're going in the locker room down to rip. That doesn't help your confidence at all. It is. Uh, it's actually a big downer. But um, you know what? After that, I still think um, the third game we um, we played the best we could. Obviously, I think the third game was Tampa's best game on that series. They probably outplayed us the most. But then again, when we when we played game four, I thought we had our chances. We had we have everything going. Everybody was uh, feeling good. Everybody was kind of having the mindset, okay, we have to throw everything at them because if we don't, we're we're done. And Vasilevsky just stood there on his head and stopped everything. So it was uh, it was a very frustrating series for us, and um, not just for us. I would assume even for the for the management, since the changes were this drastic. So um, I don't think they saw us coming or losing against Tampa um, at all, and not certainly not in this way. Because I felt like throughout the season we we played against them pretty pretty fair games. We played against them very. Um, high level intense hockey and I thought we built pretty good rivalry and in the rivalry going down for a rip in the playoff that's a stinger that hurts and um you know it was not a good mood after after the the series in the locker room you know everybody everybody knew that uh, this is not the way we we got to handle these these yeah. games so it was a it was a very big down down feeling after after that series in our locker room so thinking ahead to this year, whether you match up against Tampa again or it's Carolina or New York, one of those other strong teams, like what has to happen differently? What 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 kind of would change the result for you guys to go on a run? Well, you got to run them over, you know. I guess that's the only only thing that uh, uh, we just have to shed all the negative energy we had out of this, all the uh, frustration that we had with, uh, with the goalie, and we have to find a way. We have to find a different ways to uh, – score goals because we didn't have a problem throughout the season score goals. I felt like we're scoring out of everywhere, which was, yeah. it was awesome to to be part of your, your, uh, your third, four line is producing unbelievably and your top two lines are feeling it. So it's, it, it was great. It was great throughout the whole season. So I would say just try to uh, feel as good as we could um, from the season to bring that in the playoffs, you know, maybe, Maybe even the chasing of the president trophy, you know, could be one of the uh, reasons why you feel like, oh, we're done. President, we, we want the president. Now we, now we uh, done or we've done something, you know. And Washington came in and they put us uh, pretty much on our ass. So we were, we were fighting back in the series as well. We were down one nothing, two two one. So it was a, it was a hard fought series even against Washington. So I feel like we have to address or we have to understand uh, that every series is different that we're not kids anymore you know and uh, make sure that we run the teams over well what's that what's it like in the off season when your best player you, you go to bed and you wake up the next day and it's like holy god like who johnny's gone we got kachuk was that a sh- was that a shocker because I I played for a good ten years and I've never had my best player just gone, replaced yeah. with somebody else. Yeah, crazy, crazy, uh, crazy day, crazy night. Um, I was in shock to be honest to see it first. Um, we actually did meet up after on uh, 
one of my teammates' wedding, we we saw everybody again, or I saw you being. Um, everybody was in shock. As uh, I would say, they were in shock. Even even they were in shock. You know, not just yeah. uh, other uh, the people around or people in the business, but they were in shock as well. They didn't. I don't think Johnny saw it coming at all. But uh, you know, he he committed now in Calgary. He's happy there, and um, I wish him nothing but uh, but well. But uh, you know, it was it was very um interesting the way uh the way it all happened quickly i guess i wasn't really paying that much attention how much other uh what butter was going on in calgary being in europe it's hard for me to keep up with the uh things that are going on in the summer but um uh, I'm, i'm excited to meet meet matthew but uh yeah it was not it was not an easy uh text message to uh text him you know um <laughs> uh, you know, what happened or, Hey man, sorry, I loved you, but now watch out, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gotta be. So is Florida a better team now? That's what I, that, cause that's what you're trying to figure out at the end of the day. Right. I guess they figured they needed a little more sandpaper, a little, a little more, you know, juice up front. Do you think getting Kachuk equally offensively gifted, maybe has a different set of tools in his, in his tool bag, Is Florida a better team this year? I know it's hard to answer. It's preseason hasn't even started. You haven't even got to camp. But what are the yeah. expectations this year for the cat or for the Panthers? Excuse me. I believe we are. Yeah, I think we're we're going to be harder to play against. I think uh, we added some experience, some size. Uh, we got guys that are fast, that are pests, you know, pretty much. So I think we're built. I think we still have a lot of skill. I don't think we maybe we don't have necessarily as much skill as we had last year, but uh, at the end it might have cost us in the playoffs to have that much skill and not sandpaper. So uh, I believe we're built more for playoffs than we were even last year, and they did these changes for reasons. So um, they believe in this. I I do believe in the group too because every time I see the guys on the ice, I see Barky, I see Eki. They're trying to get better every day and. They're the player, the best players on the team, and everybody tries to follow. So it's uh, it's hard not to follow Barky and these guys, you know, when when you see the amount of skill and commitment they have. So um, if we if sandpaper is what we needed last year, I, I believe we we got that, and we are better for for the playoffs. Yes. All right, this is uh, a fighting show, Radko. We talk about fighting. Mm-hmm. The elephant in the room. You're with the Philadelphia Flyers. You Again, square up with Kevin Bieksa. Listen, you're a tough cat. I know that. You fought the toughest guy in the league. Deloria, in my mind, he's the toughest guy in the league right now. I think he, the guy's an absolute killer. You fought him with the Philadelphia Flyers. You're out. You're outmatched. You're outweighed. This guy's like he's a killer. He's a, he's a top tier guy. You're fighting Kevin Bieksa. Excuse me. Did you expect that punch? Did you expect him to come in? Obviously not, or else you would have blocked it. Walk yeah, me through the start of the fight. Yeah, walk me through it all because it's it's interesting. Uh, I think we had the uh, I think we had like a little scrum before we were gonna go. Before uh, I went in front of their net and he pushed me, I pushed him, then I tripped him, and then we both got kicked out for two uh, for two minutes. So we kind of played four on four hockey and. We're in the we're in the box and he's like, You wanna like you wanna go? I'm like, Yeah. So we just skated out of the penalty box, dropped the gloves, and you know, until until then I felt like you kind of grab first and then you start punching. But 
I thought wrong that time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, all of a sudden I'm on the ice. I'm like, I did not expect a hit from this angle either. So I kind of, I don't even have the um, stability on that from that angle. So it kind of yeah. just hit me perfectly. Um, yeah, I <laughs> did not see that coming at all. So. <laughs> Um, you know what though? I was, uh, I was happy. I was not the only guy he did it to that year. So that yeah. kind of was in my book, like, all right, I'm not the only one. So it kind of made me feel a little better, but, uh, still one of the most, uh, most embarrassing fights in my career, I would say being the guy getting one punch, but, uh, you know what? Uh, good for him, man. He's, uh, he's a tough guy too. And, um, he, he did everything right to, to be in that position, to put me down like this. So. Um, I don't necessarily like to rewatch that YouTube video, but uh, <laughs> I knew it's out there. <laughs> so you go back in the in the locker room. You're on the bus. Do the guys give you a hard time for it? Like, ah, you should have maybe watched that one, uh, Radko. Did they? <laughs> no, no, we played. We played home, so I was in the car. Nobody had to talk to me after that. <laughs> but uh, you know what? We uh, we uh, I came back after the after the fight, and uh, you know I. I I lined up for next shift and uh, Ryan gets up, skates by me and he's like, Hey, good to see you back out here, big boy. So I'm kind of like, all right, he knows this guy is killer too. So I guess I'm, I'm fine. So it was nice for him to, to skate by me and say those words. Even he probably doesn't like me either, or I don't think he ever did like me. So it was a, uh, it was a nice gesture from him. And uh, I'm sure I, or I, I'm sure I heard it from somebody else. I sure I'm, I got tripped for it. Many many times, but I just there's nothing I can do about it now. So no, and BX sure like he's a yeah. tough guy. I think he's a gold gloves boxer. Like he he's a tough tough guy. So there's no shame in like listen. I would say 95 percent of the league, there's no way they would drop the gloves with a Kevin Bieksa because he's just he's that tough. And you have the guts to drop your gloves, and you drop the gloves with Nick Delorier. What's that like? Speak on that because I know when I fought some tough guys, I would get nervous, and I was six eight two seventy. You know, what's it like dropping the mitts with a guy who is just, he's, he's tougher. Like he, he's a tough guy. Yeah. yeah he's, um, he's a big man too. He's got a big, uh, big frame too. So I felt like it doesn't matter if you grab him on the left or right, he's going to throw the other hand. So yeah, he's, um, he's a very, very tough guy and I'm happy with the deal he signed actually. It's, yeah. uh, um, like he earned it. He earned every, every bit of it. And, uh, you know what I, my first, very first um, experience in the United States was in a Los Angeles Kings camp. And uh, I was there as a defenseman. And one of the other defensemen was Nick Delorier. So we were kind of right? young bucks uh, trying to fight for the same spots. Um, after development camp, I went to play in junior and Everett and he were in somewhere else. And all of a sudden I see him being a forward, I believe, his first uh, his first uh, job was in Buffalo as well. So uh, all of a sudden he's a forward in Buffalo and, uh, you know, he fought his way through all the way to the, to here. So um, dropping the gloves with him, never easy. I think I did it twice maybe. And I don't think I won once. So uh, he's a, uh, he's a big man. He knows what he's doing. So it's, it's, it's never easy to fight these big guys, but at the end, uh, if I hit somebody and they think, wrongly of the hit I'm, I have no problem with uh, dropping the gloves if uh, if I think it was not um, within the rules but uh, you know he's a he's a big strong man too you know who whose job he took in Buffalo 
he took my job. So he came to Buffalo right. from LA in a trade. I remember him getting called up and I was like, man, this guy's fast. And he, mm-hmm. he can skate pretty well for a guy his size and his arms are so incredibly long for, yeah, for I think he's like six one, but his arms are the size of a guy who's six, four, six, five. So I was like, man, this guy's like, he, he could do some damage. And sure enough, I was, I was, that was my last year. They're like, they, they, they replaced me with him. So I, I'm happy for him. But yeah. He's, he's a good yeah, little player. Here, but yeah. Happy for him too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he would have beat you up to be honest though, if you guys really had to fight for the job, but um, yeah. No, um, I asked him and he, he didn't want to fight, but I was a dinosaur. You know, I, I was like one of the last true dinosaurs kind of just patrolling the ice. Once I left, maybe, maybe Revo fits that mold a little bit, but I think he skates a little better than I do. But yeah, there's not many, one-dimensional players like i i was looking at my stats compared to yours i'm like i gotta have as many points as radco and you got a bunch of points like you put up 20 points a year like it's nobody's business and i put up i think 10 in my career in like 300 games so you're a good player well, for, for the, the puck a lot you know so i got fast forward so i get to flip the puck a lot you know <laughs> but no in, in all honesty though for for the perception you get this you oh he's he's a head hunter he's a goon he's just out there you know he he's a terrible player. You're not, you're decent. You're not, you know, useless in the offensive zone. Is it frustrating? Cause I know myself, I got pissed off when people were like, you you can't even skate. What are you doing? You shouldn't even be in the league. I'm like, I'm actually okay. Is it frustrating for you when people are like, you're a joke, Radko. Like, what are you doing out here? All you do is get suspensions. You're like, look at my stats. Look at my years. Like, obviously I'm doing something right. You know what? I, I don't really pay attention to many of the media. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a big social media guy and I don't, I don't read many articles and many comments and um, takes me a while to uh, answer on any, uh, on a social media platform. Tell me about so, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, it's really not that big of a deal to me. You know, if you want to write something, um, feel free to write anything. I'm not going to, I'm not going to even react. If that's your opinion, you have your own right to have your own opinion. I have mine too. So um, somebody hates dentists, you know? <laughs> you know? That's really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. uh, you're 32 years old. You're heading into a contract season. I know the expectations for the, the Panthers are pretty sky high. It's, it's, it's copper bust, but what about you personally? Like what, what are your personal goals for the year? What's a good season for Radko Gudis? A uh, good season for me is making the playoffs and being the best player I can be for my teammates. And if I can help them with winning, that's, that's ultimately uh, the goal for me. You know, I know, uh, I know my role. I know the way I can play, and if I can help everybody else uh, stand a couple of inches taller on the on the bench and feel more comfortable on the ice, that's uh, that's what I would love to do this year and uh, contribute in any any way. I would I would uh, get the support from the coaches. So, you know, I'm in this league for a while now too, and um, you know, I'm open I'm open to anything at the at the end of the year. Um, I have four kids to take care of and a family. That's uh, um, excited to be anywhere or excited to be or staying in the same same place so um, I got a really lucky um, lucky job to be in playing in this league so I'm I'm just gonna take it as it goes and trying to be the best version of myself that I can be for this season and see where it takes me I don't really have a, a skyrocketing expectation for myself but uh, I know what I'm capable of and I did that 
in the last two, three years of my career that I'm getting better and better with the age, I believe. So I just uh, see what happens. You know, it's it's exciting time to be down down here and playing for the Panthers because the, the team is, like you said, um, very good. And uh, I'm excited to be part of this and building something something here with the guys. How um, you mentioned your wife and you, it's, it's beautiful. You have four kids. I love that. How is it on her? Because is she involved in, in your career? Does she know the ins and outs? My wife kind of wasn't too involved. She didn't really like hockey. She was just like, she'd go to the rink, grab dinner, grab a couple of drinks and go home. Is, is your wife invested in the, in your career? You know what? If uh, we had this discussion a couple of, I would say two years ago about what's icing, you know? So can't say she's really that much uh, into hockey. She knows when we win or lose most of the times. Uh, But when she goes to the games, uh, she worries about all four of them somewhere and being in the uh, lounge with the other kids. So it's, it's very hard for her to be away from grandmas and grandpas and uh, not really having much help except for nannies or the uh, sitters. So, um, it is very hard for her, but I think she's handling it pretty well. And if she wouldn't, we wouldn't have him, you know? So it was, uh, yeah. was kind of like, all right, we can, uh, we can have another one. I can, I can do, I can do this. It's still fun. It's still enjoyable. I'm still enjoying my time with them and they are still. And, uh, maybe, maybe I'm happy that she doesn't understand the hockey as that as much as, uh, some other ones, you know? So we get to talk about something else and hockey is really not the, topic in the in the house unless my boy is ready for practice but then other than that I the only one that drags hockey in my home is my dad when he comes over and watches every every possible hockey game that is on tv so it's probably that much where do you end up just say you play three more years do you move back home to check or you stay in the states well where's the the final home for the Gudas family uh right now czech republic um yeah. it's uh it is like it is a lot of work with the kids and uh the grandmothers and grandfathers are really big help for us um they're they're enjoying they have they have the strength to uh help us with it and i'll be really grateful for that but uh you know we never you never know if i end up playing here another few years maybe they won't be as happy to move back. They, maybe they have all the buddies down here. They go to school here. And uh, I saw it happening with some other guys, with some other Czech guys that uh, wanted to go back. They signed one more, two more, another deal. And all of a sudden, the kids are 14, 15, and they refuse to go back to Czech Republic because all of their friends and all of their um, commitments and sports and dream school, all of a sudden, they're here until they're 45, 50. And they, they don't even want to leave. So it's... Uh, Right now, the plan is to go to check, but the plan always changes. <laughs> it's fluid. Is Krejci Czech Republic, Tim? Yeah. Yeah, Dave Krejci is Czech, yeah. What do you think about him coming back? I think it's amazing. I think it's awesome that somebody can leave the NHL, go play another league for a year, and then still be wanted back here in the NHL. So I think that's absolutely great for for the for the guys, for the sport, for everything. I I have nothing but respect for what he did with this. You know, it's uh, so much. I don't know how to even explain it. I'm just enjoying seeing that being possible too. Now, why did he leave? Did he just want to go home? You probably know him better than we do. Uh, I believe there is something that he uh, uh, he wanted 
for his dad to see him play for uh, his hometown team. Um, so I believe he promised him something like that. So when he had the chance, maybe uh, it's a little easier the season in Europe on the on the body that is the NHL season. You know, when you when you only play 50 games or 55 games within the span of a month and a half longer than us playing 80, 82 games um, with a month shorter season than there is in the uh, uh, in Europe. So it takes a little less toll on the body. So I believe that could help him. That would be one of the reasons why he would choose doing something like that too. But uh, you can tell on the league that he was a, not step, but a jump away from everybody else. Yeah, that's funny. Are you going to pull a Yags and play to your 45, 48, 50? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> what? what? I'm not Yags. Yags is only one. There's <laughs> only one Yags. Well, there's only one Radko Gudis. And now listen, I could talk to you all day, but you have four kids. I have seven kids, and mine just got back from the library. So they're mm-hmm. like scratching at the door to get me uh, – to get me out of my office here. So thank you, Radko, for uh, coming on. We didn't grill you. T- I was like planning on just grilling you with questions, just saying, I, I hate you so much. Like, let's just talk about my hatred towards you. Why didn't you fight me? Why do I hate you so much? But I couldn't. You're too enjoyable guy. What did you do to me? Uh, thanks. I mean, uh, I think I thought the toughest guys in the eyes are the nicest guys off the ice. So likewise, likewise. <laughs> what did you think about playing against me? Did you think I was just terrible? You're like, oh, this guy sucks. No, I just, I was just hoping you're not going to dump it in my corner and I was going to be too late to uh, be another, uh, you know, a commercial on the wall probably. So I was making sure I get the puck away from myself before you can make it towards me. So that it's would impossible. Be my- it's impossible to be too late for me with my, <laughs> it's, I was always the slowest, fl- <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> uh, no, my, but, but I, but I enjoyed playing against, uh, you know, big guys like you, because I felt like if, if you're hating me, then I'm doing something right. Or if you're coming after me, that there's more guys on your team that are thinking of me more than they're thinking of the game maybe. So it's, uh, it was just part of the, part of the uh, job or part of the, um, uh, rap I would I wanted to put in myself and uh, carry myself around with that so I was just just being pricked to everyone no and you're doing a good job because when I would play against you and I know now other players because we talk they're like they know when you're on the ice like that that that's the biggest compliment it's like when you step on the ice you scan the d and you're like okay there's number three there's good there's goodness you're number three right number seven now but I was three in Philly too yeah so they know <laughs> When you're on the ice. So you're doing a good job and you nailed this podcast. I'll let you get out of here. Tim, anything else? No, thanks for coming on, man. It was great. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to check back in mid-season. And, I, and we'll have to figure out a way to get a hold of him because, gosh, Instagram, it took you, I think, three months to respond. So we'll figure that out <laughs> off here. But, yeah, thank you, Radical, for coming on. Mm-hmm. Good luck this year, man. Hopefully everything goes well with you and the kids. And, uh, yeah, cheers, it. everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.